Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, day 65. So I think we've actually done everything with plot that I want to for now. When I studied creative writing for my MA, there was this sense that plot was, was a bit gauche, a bit tacky. So you'd get like an acknowledgement of E.M. Forster's, frankly, rubbish distinction between plot and story from aspects of the novel. Uh, a distinction that's so rubbish I'm not even going to go into it because I don't think it works. Um, maybe someone would, would would reluctantly draw a couple of graphs on the whiteboard with like a little ski slope on an XY axis and say, look, this is tragedy. And then we'd sort of done our patriotic duty and we would agree to never ex speak of this unpleasantness again. A book doesn't, by the way, need need a strong plot shape. Lots of books I love don't have much of one at all. Lots of extremely successful books have uh, either not much of a plot shape or a really wonky one that doesn't really work if you put it up against a classical model. You know, they're just a bunch of stuff that happens. They're an excuse to hang out in a neat place with some cool characters. You don't have to impose some pre-made plot on your story just because, I don't know, tradition... But you might like to think about, if not plot, then what is making the reader continue through your book? What stops them from putting it down and not picking it back up again? What are you going to pay off on to compensate for the absence of these powerful semi-mythic shapes that we recognise from our most ancient stories? It's like, OK, so you've rubbed out the lines on the tennis court and torn down the net. What then is the game that we're playing? What's going to happen in this space that's worth my time? You can't just throw up your hands and say, liberation. It's like I choose to involve myself in these shapes. Not They're not shackles. They're interesting setups for a game. They're a form of play, right? They, we have to have some edges. So what's going on if you don't have those? It's okay to have a different type of game, but what's your game? What are you offering us? Well, here we find ourselves returning to the very, very other end of the spectrum, style. The sentence. For what it's worth, I've often had the comment that I'm good on the line as a writer. I think a lot about the plot of a sentence, the plot of a paragraph. Here's a couple of quick principles. Uh, first off, I think I've mentioned this before, but the primacy recency effect. Try to begin and end your sentences with the most important words. Ideally, the most important, most concrete word comes at the end. Humans tend to remember the starts and ends of stuff. Uh, it doesn't matter how long the amount of information we're pre presented with. We tend to remember the beginning and the end and the middle sort of gets a bit fuzzy. So if you can rearrange a sentence, try to make sure it closes with a bang. Concrete, specific nouns are a good bet, but if not, punchy verbs, doing words, and action. Here's another principle for the plot of a paragraph. The rule of three. Introduce one thing, match it with a second parallel thing to suggest a pattern, then bring in a final thing that somehow subverts or undercuts or develop that pattern. That is very, very appealing to the human brain. You know, we often think about, historically have thought about dopamine, if you think about dopamine at all, as being a sort of an addiction-based motivation-y thing, basically. That's what the neurochemical dopamine does. But, you know, one of the key things it does is we get a little fire of d dopamine for what's called a prediction error. So when we get something different or more than we were expecting, we get a little shot of dopamine. We go, oh! This is salient. This is worth paying attention to. Well, that's what happens if you set up a rule, the brain anticipates it, and then something we weren't expecting happens. We get something extra. We want, Human beings like that, right? You know, our brains are so good at extrapolating and anticipating, at working out sets from incomplete data. Let me give an example. 
On Monday, Jenny found a pair of orange Wellingtons on her front doorstep. On Tuesday, she opened the door to find a parrot in a golden cage. Now, without going any further, your brain is starting to autocomplete this, I presume, right? Yeah, you know, like I suspect mo- you probably have identified a sequence. Would it be totally out of line to suggest that you are anticipating a third sentence beginning with Wednesday and the discovery of another object? And you might have even tried to find unconsciously associations between the orange wellies and the caged parrot, right? They don't really have anything in common, but maybe you started to think, what, what, you know, wh- you know, which might lead you to a vague guesses about the likely class of item to appear on Wednesday and the possible identity of the person leaving those items. But your brain, at least, is keen to know what that third item is when it turns up on presumably Wednesday, because that's a third point of triangulation and, and it help, it's going to help you in deducing the implied person who's been leaving the items. Give me one more item and I might be able to figure out what connects all three. And you can use this rule of three to construct all sorts of mini stories with all sorts of tones. When he was five, Walter was struck by a greyhound bus that mounted the sidewalk when its driver bent down to retrieve a lit cigarette that had rolled beneath the gas pedal. When he was ten, he watched an express train leave the rails and slough through a barn that the owner had just finished painting, coming to rest on its side in the centre of a maize field, steam rising from its wheels. At fifteen, when the soldiers came, well, he had gotten to wondering when they would show up. So today's exercise, as I'm sure you've guessed, is going to be for you to create a few of these mini plots yourself. Some rule of three tiny stories. A lot of them end up sounding like the opening to a short story or novel, and, and that's cool. But they needn't be. You know, the parallel construction doesn't always have to have this sort of slightly um, storybook tone. It can be simpler than the above examples too. For example, I'm flat broke. My apartment is on fire. But at least I've still got the amulet. That's still three statements that build on each other. Bad thing, second bad thing to establish a rule. Third thing that undercuts that rule. Okay, so I think you're enough of a veteran now that I can just let you loose producing a few of these, you know, with different settings, different tones, different genres, different parallel constructions. Sometimes, you know, like in the original ones, it might be a sort of um, qualifying clause uh, what we call an adverbial clause when he was five when he was 10 at 15 that was the that was the one and then the other one on Monday on Tuesday and on Wednesday those are all kind of temporal adverbial clause clauses but you could you know you can do different sub clauses like that or just the statements themselves like I'm flat broke my apartment is on fire can have some kind of parallel that any of those things and maybe some sort of inventions of your own are absolutely fine What I'd say here is, like, hold it loosely. Don't worry about picking the exact right words, but be specific if you can. You know, commit to things and make choices, make strong choices, invent names, places, locate this as a specific thing. Right. Are you ready? Three, two, one, a go.
And that's it. You've completed our transition back into the fiddly surgery of word-by-word -word manipulation. But I hope you're starting to see that what happens on the macro and micro level is, in many ways, the same process. The same push-pull dynamic. The same undulation of rising and falling action. The question and payoff. What you learn in one, you can transport to the other and get good results. Plot is style. Style is plot. These two things need each other to exist and it's 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 silly to uh, split them up as being opposite ends you have to make a choice and both of them will exist in your story we're going to do some more work at the level of the sentence tomorrow I, I think you're ready i think this idea of structure on the big level is really set us up very well and i just want to give you tomorrow some super practical moves tricks really that you can start dropping into your writing straight away and that you'll be able to carry with you and pull out when you like for the rest of your life that's all that a lot of craft is in the end a grab bag of tricks that we call technique see you tomorrow the 100 day writing challenge is made possible with the kind support of arts council england